0: I don't know what's going on. Uh, It's not even flowers that I ordered this time. It's chocolate. All you have to do is put it in a shipping box, put a label on it, and deliver it. I need the tracking number so I can find out where this package is.
1: Okay, so um, do you have already your order number, right?
0: Yes. Would you like it?
1: Okay, may I have that? Yes, uh, for me to know, uh, for me to... to to look um to look here in our system about the tracking number and if i get already i will i will i will do i will do i will do i will i will do i will, give, I will, I
2: will <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful morning the birds are chirping the sun is shining and you're listening to next up some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment what
0: the fuck? I know it's mean to say you're green, but you got to leave. WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. (laughs) That's the first verse.
1: If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio (laughs) show, I'm available.
0: Good evening, wrestling fans entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, who? Kermit D Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT. NXT. Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector ones. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the egg guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. Since youngins do listen, some of you youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. Total nonstop, Anthony. That's what you got tonight. Total nonstop band. Total nonstop band. Total nonstop. I know, I know. Breakfast of Blasi is normally posted every other Wednesday, but once in a blue moon, every couple of years, it goes up late. And it is now Thursday, February fifteenth, two thousand and eighteen. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blasi. I am Don Tony, as always. I want to thank you very much for listening. I hope everybody out there had a great Valentine's Day, whether you have a significant other or you don't. I went online and outside of this terrible tragedy in Florida, my thoughts and prayers, obviously, to everyone who was affected. You know, it got a little scary. You know, just a here south florida my parents are currently there celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary sure they don't go to school but you know when you hear a shooter is on the loose and you know my parents are close by i mean you just get a little you know uptight i mean were they in ever any danger no but still it just sucks to hear stuff like that and on this weekend's blah 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 episode yes i will be doing one again I'm going to talk about this tragedy in a little more detail and the big thing going around social media is what can we do to stop this or why is this happening or why are so many uh, shootings happening in the schools and it just blows me away two things and number one just to mention it briefly social media the internet is the big driving force in a lot of these shooters going over the edge You didn't have the internet 20 some odd years ago. And you look at school shootings before the internet and since the internet. It's just, I can't understand how people can't correlate the two. The feeling of acceptance, the feeling of want, you know, before the internet was around and you and I and everybody else, no matter how old you are, when we used to interact with people, it was people in our school, people in our work, people in our neighborhood. And that was pretty much it. Now you go on the internet, and you can interact with a million different people every single day, and you go on YouTube and Twitter and this and that, and you post something that's you know a little controversial, or it's the uh, you know the feeling du jour. You know, you get a whole bunch of people that like it, or you get into wars with people, and people are a little uh, you know over the edge. As it is, I'm telling you, social media is a major drawing force force in this. And the second thing is schools need to get. Um, metal detectors I don't give a flying fuck about these people that say it's such a bad visual could you just imagine how the kids feel going through into their school and have to go through a metal detector I got fucking news for you you go through a metal detector I don't care if you're in court I don't care if you're in school I don't care where you are you think those kids feel all creeped out going through a metal detector if anything they will feel safer So I'll get into it in detail on blah, blah, blah this weekend because yours truly does think about outside world, the outside world and real life 99% of the time. Yes, we all escape into the world of pro wrestling and we've been wrestling fans for quite some time, most of us listening. And um, that's what this show is about. At the end of the show, though, I got a little treat for everyone. It's not even a treat. The haters will love it. But for those out there that ever order flowers, anything, and you ever come across advertisements, commercials, emails for 1-800-Flowers, hopefully the audio that you listen to later on will convince you never to order from this fucking company again. And I'm not going to get into the whole thing right now, but I'll just give you a little synopsis. Yesterday I had a hard day at work, really hard day at work. And for this year's Valentine's Day, I wanted to do something a little different with my girlfriend instead of getting flowers because that's what we do every year and flowers die after a week. I wanted to give her something that could last a little bit longer and she is not fat she's about five six she weighs about a buck thirty nine you know she she's you know chunk nice little mean on her bones latino not but she's not fat. And she's dropped about 20 pounds since I met her. And I've dropped about 15 pounds since I met her. And I wanted to give her chocolate. She loves chocolate. And 1-800-Flowers has been sending me these emails. Come back, come back. I haven't used them in a while because they ruined three of my holiday gifts uh, back in 2016. I ordered flower arrangements for my mother, my girlfriend, and for a couple of insurance representatives. And they fucked up every single order. You know, they ruined it. They ruined it. They ruined it. So uh, I didn't use them again. But I keep getting these emails, come back, come back, $20 discount. This is blah, 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 blah. So I go on their website a week ago, and I see this gigantic Godiva chocolate tower display. It's a couple hundred bucks. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to get it. I ordered it. I paid for it. I paid $15 extra so it would be delivered on Valentine's Day. And they ship FedEx. So I figure, okay, FedEx usually delivers where she is, you know, before 5 o'clock. No problem. Bottom line is, a week later, they never delivered it. And for any longtime listener that remembers the show that I used to do, the little sub-show called the, The Chase Chronicles, This is another version of it. And for the newer listeners that don't know what the Chase Chronicles is, very quickly, yours truly had a lot of major credit card debt about five, six years ago, maybe a little longer than that. And I used to deal with the worst of the worst when it comes to collectors. And I recorded some of the conversations and I put it online and people fucking thought it was the funniest shit ever because there were real calls and just the way that they were handling their business, I exposed some of them. And, you know, for your listening pleasure. So when it got a day before Valentine's Day and I still don't have no tracking number but meanwhile they took this money from my account a week ago I started having bad feelings that I'm having another fucking problem with 100 flowers. And then I started reading online people already getting screwed for Valentine's Day and it's still the 13th so I said, "You know what? I'm going to call them the 13th, see what's going on, get the tracking number they gave me excuse." I called them the morning of the 14th. They said they'd call me back in an hour. They never did. I called back at lunchtime. They said they'd call me in a half an hour. They never did. So last night, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I called them up, and I recorded the whole thing. Not only did they not deliver the item, not only did they lie to me on two different occasions, which you will hear, but, you know, just when you hear the way this conversation ends up, No one out there in their right mind should ever consider using 1-800-Flowers again. And I posted this 45-second sample of this on Twitter yesterday. And just keep in mind, the recorded audio I have is about 45 to 50 minutes. I mean, I'm going to trim it down a little bit because there's no reason for you to hear five, 10 minutes of hold wait time. But when you add in the fact that I was on the phone for 40 minutes on the 13th, 30 minutes on the morning of the 14th, 20 minutes on the afternoon of the 14th and then last night at 5 p.m i'm on the phone for over an hour i spent about three hours with this bullshit and it never fucking arrived but just it's it's not enough that you're on the phone with them for hours but this is the type of people that you deal with I don't know what's going on. Uh, It's not even flowers that I ordered this time. It's chocolate. All you have to do is put it in a shipping box, put a label on it, and deliver it. I need the tracking number so I can find out where this package is.
1: Okay, so um, do you have already your order number, right?
0: Yes. Would you like it?
1: Okay, may I have that? Yes, uh, for me to know, uh, for me to... to to look um to look here in our system about the tracking number and if i get already i will i will i will get
0: i will do i will do i will i will and i was nice in the beginning with this matarats i really wanted to go off on the deep deep end I would be like what the fuck is wrong with you i i get i will 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 get come on man Fucking shit didn't arrive yesterday. What am I supposed to do at 5.30 in the afternoon? Go to Stop and Shop and buy a $10 box of chocolate? You fucked it up. So I didn't have a good Valentine's Day, everyone. But I hope you all did. Someone who didn't have a good Valentine's Day is Rich Swann. He has been let go from WWE. And the interesting thing about it is if you listen to, I, th- I think it was Booker T a couple of weeks ago when Enzo was first let go. I think it was Booker T and two other wrestlers out there. I don't remember who they were. They made comments saying that, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse on a woman, even if you're found not guilty or the charges are dropped, if WWE feels that something legitimately did happen, even though you were convicted for it, you're gone. And I don't know why Booker T's... Name keeps popping up in my head, but I'm pretty sure Booker T made a comment somewhat to saying that he thought Rich Swann was gone, done. And forgive me if it wasn't Booker T, but I remember somebody saying it. And when Rich Swann's charges got dropped, you know, a lot of people were asking online, okay, when is Rich Swan coming back? When is he coming back? When is he coming back? And now we know he is done. So, you know, let me tell you something. It's going to be interesting how this goes forward. Because like I said, there are legitimate victims, women, in this world. There are a lot of women that are v- victims. Abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, sexual abuse. And yes, it does end on happen on the opposite end as well. But the thing is, is that you know, you have some women out there that have some bad relationships and bad breakups with people and the revenge factor could sometimes kick in. And I'm telling you, you're going to come up with a situation where someone in the WWE is going to be accused of of some type of abuse, verbal, physical, sexual, whatever it is, and that honestly and truthfully are going to be c- completely innocent of it. And it's going to be interesting to see how the WWE handles it. It is a very horrible situation to be in. Number one, you know, anything that is legitimate, you know, somebody needs to suffer the ramifications. Yes, in this world, you're innocent until proven guilty in the United States. And not only that, you can be rehabilitated. You can change your ways. But it's going to be interesting because if WWE has a situation where someone is accused and all of the... uh, not evidence, but all of the direction and the feeling is that this is fabricated. If they don't take action on it, you're going to have groups out there alleging, you know, WWE is to do, uh, taking, um, you know, preferences or they, they're they're giving people's preferential treatment because of their uh, status on the food chain and the WWE roster. I'm telling you, they, yes, the person may be suspended pending a further investigation, but, mm, eh, you know, they might be brought back. And then you turn around and you say, well, how come Rich Swan wasn't brought back? Rich Swan was one of their most talented people. Yes, we spoofed his theme song, but still, he was a very talented guy. And you ask yourself, hey, how come he was never brought back? And I think what it comes down to is, you know, just because you're cleared criminally doesn't mean the incidents didn't happen. There were witnesses that said that Rich Swan dragged his his uh wife and did some things. So he's a goner, he's done, and the quote, good fellas, and that's that. And that's that. So we wish him the best in his future endeavors. You know, someone had actually PM' me earlier and said that the charges against Enzo have been dropped. I don't recall Enzo ever being charged with anything. <laughs> you know, I, I actually read the PM and I looked around and I saw some other people reporting out as well. I'm like, could you tell me what charges he was charged with? And I don't want anybody saying to me sexual assault or anything like that. You know, that was, you know, the allegation by a female individual that was never police law enforcement courts or anybody else, you know, so people need to really, when you make comments online, everyone, you need to really take a step back and just think about what you're saying. You know, I had a little discussion with one of our uh, listeners, and he's a good guy. So, you know, I didn't say it in in any type of, you know, angst against the guy. But I posted something this morning, and I said, you know, Kevin and I have been talking about Ronda Rousey being a mixed tag match at WrestleMania for well over a month. It's got to be probably two months we've been talking about that. And recently we were talking about it a little bit more. And on Monday's DTKC show... I basically gave a prediction as to how I think everything's going to go down with Rousey and Stephanie. Bipolar Stephanie's going to come out. Ronda's going to go after her and it's going to be the confrontation. And that's how they're going to try to get Ronda Rousey's reaction with the crowd back a little bit. Because on Monday, she got booed heavily, heavily, heavily. And as I stressed on Monday, this is not Ronda Rousey's fault. It really isn't. She hasn't said or done anything to deserve any negativity toward from WWE fans, wrestling fans yet. But that's a prediction, all right? So if it doesn't happen, okay, I was wrong. But there's a big br- difference between a prediction and an idea. I'm always throwing ideas up right now. Did I ever say prediction? James Ellsworth will be the transgender champion and feud with women. Is it? No, I. That's an idea. It's a suggestion. It's my idea. Hey, why? You know, here's the. It would make him stand out. He's a unique character, unique look, and I think he would be perfect with his physical stature and this and that. Blah 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 blah. So there's a big difference between idea and prediction. So I said this morning, hey, here's an idea. You know what? Why don't they put Seth Rollins with Ronda Rousey and have him be the partner of Ronda in the mixed tag, tag match at WrestleMania? Now, obviously, you know, Twitter's, what, 320 characters now? But still, I can't write three paragraphs as far as what I mean. But basically, I told everyone, hey, Seth Rollins is not doing nothing for WrestleMania. Jason Jordan's now injured. Originally, the rumored idea was Jason Jordan versus Seth Rollins. Now, Seth Rollins is without any real storyline on Matchup Mania. So why not put him with Rousey? And right away, oh, Don Tony, there are other dirt sheets that brought this up and this, is and that. And when I go read them, I see that they bring up seven different possible partners. Shane, Daniel Bryan, The Rock, Seth Rollins. I mean, seven Seven. If I came up here and threw out seven fucking names, I mean, chances are I'm probably going to get one of them right. So I basically told this guy, I'm like, listen, guy, not for nothing, when I post ideas, they're from me. I don't go out and read for them first. I'm just giving you my idea, you know, and it, I'm not impressed when someone comes up with seven different names as far as possible opponents. By process of elimination, you look at the roster up and down, and you tell me who else on either roster could possibly be in a, in her match. Come on, a, Apollo Cruz. You know what I mean? And this guy's like, well, Don Tony admitted. You know, if they ended up uh, coming out with uh, Seth Rollins as the partner, you would go up and say, yes, that you were right. And I would run to say I was first. And say, I'm like, Mataraz, I didn't say it was a prediction. I gave an idea. There's a big difference between idea and prediction. First off, now, Two weeks ago, we did the Blackheart Year End Awards, Kevin and I, and I monitor YouTube and I see what everybody says and some topics get a wild reaction from people and I don't single out usually one or two people, but if I see a big trend towards a particular response, I I will react to it, I'll follow up with it, it's the right thing to do. And the biggest controversy that came out of the Blackheart Year End Awards, I thought originally Kev picking Rosemary as the female wrestler of the year would gain controversy. And, and you know what? I have all the respect in the world for Kev to coming up with that idea because, yes, I mean, she did a phenomenal job in 2017. But the funny thing about it is I um, found that people were the most critical in droves that I chose Jinder Mahal as the comeback wrestler of the year. And I had, you know, look, if you want to disagree with me, if you want to come up with reasons why you think that uh, I'm wrong and stuff like that, respect my opinion and I'll respect yours because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's opinion. I'm giving my opinion on something, you're giving your opinion. But when I see snowflake after snowflake after snowflake, basically calling me an idiot, a moron, ignorant. You know, all of a sudden, I'm sucking the dick of Jinder Mahal. This is an app, blah, 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 blah. Like I said, you know, when we do these shows, we do them for 100, 150, 200,000 downloads. Don't do it for 10. So I always, you know, tell and remind myself and I tell Kev, I'm like, look, just because five people on YouTube or five people on Twitter tell you that they fucking praise something or hate something, that doesn't mean it's the old, you know the overall consensus. But when I go on YouTube and I see dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people, you know, just really ripping on me for the same thing, I, I have to address it. And as far as Jinder Mahal being comeback wrestler of the year, The one thing that a lot of you out there were saying to combat this is that think of the definition of comeback. You're coming back to the level of what you were before. And Jinder Mahal was never on a main event level before. He was just a jobber. So the fact that he came back, I mean, he wasn't on the hot... Basically, what they were saying is, is that Jinder Mahal was not on the upper end on the food chain when he left. So when he came back, how has he come back of the year when he was never important in the first place? And I hate fucking using baseball analogies on the shows. I'll do it on blah, 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 since that show is non-wrestling related. But I'm going to use baseball analogy to prove my point right now. And again, if a majority of you out there would have just disagreed with me and gave you reasons, fine. But, you know, using all these derogatory names and call me ignorant, stuff like that, you bet. I'm going to respond back, and I'm going to respond back in, in a way that, you know, it's really going to embarrass you. So I go to Major League Baseball, and I'm only going to spend two minutes on this, but I'm going to prove why all of you out there that thought you were throwing it in my face is going to make you look stupid, all right? 2005, Major League Baseball created a award to Comeback Player of the Year, all right? Now, I'm not going to get into all of the award winners for every year from 05 to the present in National League and American League, but I'm going to prove the point with three players, okay? Just, just show you how ridiculous you sound. In 2009, Aaron Hill of the Toronto Blue Jays won Comeback Player of the Year, okay? In 2009. Now, in 2009, if you hear what he did, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, He returned hitting 36 home runs with 108 runs batted in, led the American League in plate appearances and made the 2009 All-Star Game. He also won the Silver Slugger Award at second base. That's pretty fucking impressive. He did that in 09, He won Comeback Player of the Year. Now before that year, let me tell you his stats in the major leagues, okay? The year before, he only hit two home runs and drove in twenty. The year before that he hit seventeen home runs and drove in seventy eight. Okay, fine. But remember, it's the comeback player of the year for each year. They don't go back two or three years and say, well, three years ago he was on rock bottom and look where look where he is now. No, the year before he had two home runs and twenty RBIs. The year before that he had seventeen and seventy eight, which is which is decent. But the year before that, he had six home runs of 50 RBIs, and the year before that, he only had three home runs of 40 RBIs. So you tell me, was he main event championship material before he won comeback player of the year? No, he wasn't. Other than that one year, which was 17 and 78, 17 home runs, 78 RBIs, which was two years earlier, what did he do? He wasn't no major player in Major League Baseball, but he won comeback player of the year. I'll go one step further. Francisco Liriano. Now, I think he may have won it in both leagues, but we're going to stick with American League right now, 2010, okay? In 2009, he spent a good part of the season on the disabled List. However, in 2010, he threw the second most innings of any pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, led the team in ERA, and allowed the fewest home runs per nine innings of any pitcher in the American League. So he won the 2010 Comeback Player of the Year. Now, How was he the year before? Five wins, 13 losses, 5.8 ERA. Sucks, all right? Was he championship material at all? No. Let's go back further. 2008, he was six wins, four losses, and an ERA of 3.91. The fuck is spectacular about that? The year before that, 12 wins, three losses. Pretty good, right? He only pitched 121 innings. So before he won comeback player of the year, you know how many innings he pitched each year in 2005, 23, 2006, 121, 2008, 76, 2009, 136. Was he a main eventer? Was he in the upper echelon ever in the fucking major leagues before he won the comeback player of the year award? I don't think so. I don't think so. And finally, let's go to Rick Porcello. Baseball fans will know recently, you know, he won the 2016 Comeback Player of the Year as a member of the Boston Red Sox. The year before that, he had a 9-15 record with an ERA of 4.92. He only pitched 172 innings and uh, was not good at all. In 2016, he won the AL Cy Cy Young Award going 22-4 with an ERA of 3.15, pitched 223 innings. So pretty impressive, right? So 2016, he wins Comeback Player of the Year. Now, how did he do the years prior? 2015, nine wins, 15 losses, with an ERA of 4.9. The year before that, 15 wins, 13 losses. He was a 500 pitcher with a 3.4 ERA. The year before that, 13 wins, 8 losses, a 4.3 ERA. That 4.3 ERA is the lowest ERA he had going back. The years before, 4.5, 4.7, almost 5.0. Come on. Seriously, were any of these guys ever up echelon talent before they one comeback player of the year? No. So for you to turn around and say to me, well, Jinder Mahal was never a real a player, so he didn't come back. He was a jobber before, so... You don't fucking get it. He... Nobody... Nobody, nobody listening that's a podcaster, nobody that is an athlete, nobody that is a musician, an actor, when you profession, you slice cold cuts, you work in Home Depot, nobody listening that has problems the year before ever wants to just come back. You want to come back and you want to excel even better than before. So please, if you're going to try to bash me, Take a step back and think about what you're going to say. And that's the problem. A lot of you out there, and look, it's a small number. I mean, the majority of you out there are just as smart as me. And that's a God honest truth. All right. I maybe a little bit older. And maybe, yeah, I get a lot of my predictions and analysis correct. I think people just really need to take a step back. And maybe, you know, you want to write something down, fine. But reread it, think about it, and do a little research before you actually post something. Because that's what I normally do. So anyway, I want to give a very happy birthday to Logan Moody, one of our longest listeners out there. It was his birthday on the 12th, and happy belated birthday, my friend. I want to thank you, as always, for the support. And now I need all of you out there to help me with a little research. Um, One of our listeners, Mike, asked me this question on social media, and I did some research. Now, I don't know. If I am correct on this, but basically what he wanted to know, because everybody's talking about Ronda Rousey with the pointing to the sign, the WrestleMania thing, and this and that, blah, 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 blah. Who's the first person to point at the WrestleMania sign? And I actually spent some time and did a little research, and I would love to see if anybody out there could find one sooner. And you look, you know, maybe we'll do something. If you find one, you'll get a prize. How's about your choice of any wrestling video or shirt? If somebody out there wants to find it, from my research, and I figured Royal Rumble is the way to go, and I'll tell you why. If you follow wrestling over the years, usually the Royal Rumble is the beginning of the road to Wrestlemania. So I thought, okay, I'll go look at the ending of all the Royal Rumbles in, in in history. I actually took a step back and watched the ending of every Royal Rumble match. What I found is that John Cena in 2008 is the earliest I could find of any wrestler pointing to the WrestleMania sign. Now, you got to keep in mind, WWE did not have wrestlemania banners in the rafters at royal rumble events until i would say the mid-2000s so yeah i went back to the 80s and, and the 90s just to double check and you know the early 2000s but for the most part they didn't start putting wrestlemania banners in in the arenas until the middle of two, uh, 2000s but from what i could find john cena 2008 is the earliest that i could see anybody pointing a wrestlemania banner now, if someone else out there has one sooner, by all means, let me know, and uh, you'll win a prize. It's just, you know, maybe some of you out there would want to be challenged to do something, right? Look it up. want to shout out some of our uh, new patrons, Pat McGrath, Andre, Kyer, Christensen, Patrick Wagner, Stephen Gonzalez, Larry Laroe, Adam Alvarado, some of our existing associate producers and sponsors, Tom Nelson. Tyke Bowers, Simon Hoodie Hood, Brent Webster, Isaac, the metaphor Fox, Sanal Hashmi, Jerry Stewart, Chad Davis, Brandon Foley, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Charles Lentz, Courtney Summers. By the way, happy Valentine's again to Mr. Summers, Brandon Goins, Carl Buto, A.K.A. Cheese Rice, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Rich Diaz, Althin Ahia. I will get into more shoutouts later on for those on Patreon. Just a reminder tonight. At around, I'd say 11 p.m. Eastern, it'll be released. Kevin Castle will be recording his next solo show, Castle Chronicles. I think it's like episode 46 or 47. So, if you want to sign up on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Don Tony. For five bucks, you get access to over a hundred episodes of content there. Each episode is a couple of hours, so you got so much Patreon exclusive content there. Content there. Also, speaking of contest. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to post up the threads for the silver and gold giveaways where you could win shirts, videos, money. It's and you know remember when you enter these contests. This is the cool thing about it. You're not competing against tens of thousands of people. You know, it's 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 cool but at the same time it is kind of sad and patrons know exactly what I'm about to say. You know, we average 150,000 downloads an episode, all right? Patron audience, our Patron crowd is about 450. So when you realize it, it is less than one half of 1% of our entire audience signs up for Patreon. So when I say that they truly are the ones that are keeping the lights on, they really are. But it's such a small, tight-knit group there. So even if you sign up and you enter a contest... I Me, mean, you may only have 100 people that'll enter it. So you have an excellent chance of winning. And when we do the Pay-Per-View Predictions Contest, you know, there is an awesome prize wall up there already. And later on this year, I'm going to post an uh, autographed photo of Eddie Guerrero with, you know, DNA evidence and all this other shit to it. Um, some interesting, unique Stephanie McMahon stuff. I got some very, very cool stuff. Owen Hart autograph figure with a photo of Owen Hart signing the figure. So we got some really... Cool stuff. So when we give away stuff over there for the contest, it's not cheap shit. It's not tiny stuff. So, it's you know, it's a way of giving back. And for everyone out there, again, patreon.com slash Don Tony. And uh, go check it out. Now, um, some other wrestling news that I want to get into very quickly. Um, you know, uh, there was a little bit of an uproar on Tuesday. The next installment of the Mixed Match Challenge took place. And they had Rusev and Lana beating Elias and Bailey. And right away, people are like, who the fuck did Bailey piss off that Lana got a victory and this and that? Number one, you know, yeah, Lana doesn't have, you know, it all together in the ring yet. I'm a fan of Lana's and Lana is improving. She doesn't obviously get the opportunity, but Jesus Christ, you all fucking chant Rusev Day. You know, she's teaming up with Rusev. They're not doing anything with Rusev right now in the title picture. Look, you have no argument with me. Kevin and I talked about it on Monday with storyline stupidity. They now have Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler uh, joining Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles in a five-way for the heavyweight title on SmackDown. All right, and I've said this all along, and I, I again, I hate that I have to always reiterate these little tidbits, but if I don't, people will immediately think, "Oh, you're shitting on Dolph Ziggler. You're shitting on this. You're shitting on that." I am one of the biggest fans of Dolph Ziggler. I am happy that he's still around. I love watching him interact on Kennedy on the Fox Business Network and elsewhere. He is one of the most genuinely genuinely liked people in wrestling. He is smart. He's educated. He is very well tuned into what's going on in this world. And he's an overall team player. Yes, he was misused with WWE. And there, there are a lot of legitimate gripes on Dolph Ziggler's part. You feel bad... And it does get a little bit tiresome to hear him do these interviews every year and he's frustrated and this is going to be it and every year and, and it's the same thing over and over. It's Groundhog Day. You know? But at the end of the day the him putting the title in the middle of the ring and walking out was not a shoot. He would have been fired on the spot. But if you just think of the storyline, him even coming back and saying I did that because I really want the World Heavyweight title. If I owned the company and someone won my belt, and then put it in the middle of the ring and walked out after this whole, you know. Remember the 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 um the the matches. Remember the, all of the weeks leading up to him winning this title, and then he just puts it in the ring and walks out of the company. Number one, there was no sense. It made no sense of him being number 30 in the Royal Rumble. Now, if they would have done a storyline that Raw signed him, even though I would have thought that was stupid, because in storyline, if I'm, a, if I'm a Raw GM or Raw manager, would I take a shot on a guy that just threw a title down in the other company and walked out? Now, if he walked out and said, "I want you know, Raw is where I want to be, and it's that, that's fine. And maybe I would, you know, in storyline, it would make more sense. But anybody allowing that Mataraz in the building, in the Royal Rumble, after dropping the title in the ring, just think of the storyline. Fuck you. Fuck you. The whole entire locker room should have turned around and turned their back on the guy. You represent WWE, you, you win the title, and you put in everybody in storyline should have turned their back on the guy. All right. And again, reiterate this is not Dolph Ziggler. This is the way WWE is writing this. And now he is vying for the heavyweight title. And you have Shane McMahon, who I'm such a big fan of his. And it's cool to have him back. And I'm not sick of Shane McMahon. But man, he's cutting these promos. We're here for opportunity and this and that. And then you have these four guys taking on AJ Styles and none of them are in the top 10. And then you got the fans in droves chanting Rusev Day. And they're talking about opportunity and they hear Rusev Day. Come on. They're not doing anything with Rusev right now. Yeah, he's going to take on Bobby Roode. Do you think there's any fucking flying chance in hell right now that Bobby Roode is dropping a title that quick? I don't see it. Maybe they will, but I don't see it. So Rusev right now, hey, he won a match in a mixed match challenge. Yeah, Lana Pin Bailey, so fucking what? Really? And here's another thing that nobody stopped to think about. If you're that irate, that Bailey got pinned in this mixed-match challenge. Remember, there is a second-chance entry in this challenge. So Bailey and Elias could still very well be in this tournament. So when it comes time to voting on the team that you want to see back in the mixed-match challenge, then you vote Elias and Bailey. And I, look, did The tournament is still going on, so I'm not going to predict who's going to be the second chance winner or who's going to win the overall thing. I'm not doing that yet. But the point is, is that for everybody out there, come on, 77,000 people tuned in to watch this match. There are millions and millions and millions of wrestling fans out there. If you really cared that much, you'd watch the match. But I don't see any problem whatsoever with the fact that they had Lana and Rusev go over in that match. None whatsoever. I should also mention this, and, you know, I appreciate everybody, you know, and this is not to throw it in the face of the person I said earlier about predictions and stuff like that, but, and I didn't make a prediction. I was giving ideas, so I'm not going to say, like, yeah, I was right, you know, all along, and I predicted it. No, I didn't predict it. I gave ideas, but for quite some time now, I've been saying that they needed to have some of these pay-per-views feature both brands not fighting each other not like survivor series but have a match or two from each fed because the fact is and i know you know mish and kev and others have been talking about it more than i have the crowd attendance for smackdown events and pay-per-views have not been that good at all yes aj styles is the top wrestler in the company but You're not going to sell out arenas just for AJ Styles alone. He needs a good complimentary, you know, audience. You know, he needs a good roster to compliment him. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are talented as fuck. They're entertaining as fuck. But in the overall consensus, you know, there's only so many times a new day could throw pancakes and this is an ad. And, you know, you got the fashion files. It's not enough. So now what is happening, and I want to stress something that a lot of people are not saying online, this is a test, okay? There's too many websites being very careless saying starting, starting May 6th in Backlash that all the events on the network will be dual branded like the big four pay-per-views. How many times have you read that this week? Starting May 6th. Now, it's a little premature to say that. Right now, it is a test. WWE wants to test and see how the attendance is and as far as the viewership for having both brands on a pay-per-view. It's going to start with backlash. Okay, That doesn't mean that every event after that is going to be dual brand on the same pay-per-view. If they do extremely well, which I predict they will remember, predict, then they will keep doing it. And this is going to spell bad news for some out there. Now, get used to the four-hour pay-per-views, sometimes five-hour. And what I mean by that is one- to two-hour pre-shows, three-hour pay-per-view. And you will probably have two or three matches on the pre-show instead of one because when you look, all you have to do is spend ten minutes – And go look at the SmackDown Live events that have taken place on pay-per-view over the last two years. Just go look at it. I mean, some of the events have been great. But if you look at some of the matches on the card, they're not... I don't want to say pay-per-view quality, but it just feels like filler. I think that would probably be the right way to do it. And what's happening is... And this is more SmackDown than anything else. Because Raw... You obviously have some, you know, some bigger star names there. You have uh, Cena playing the 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 free agent thing, you got Brock Lesnar, who obviously is not on Elimination Chamber. You got Braun Strowman and Finn Balor, and you got some others there as well. I mean, you know, I could go up and down the list. The roster on Raw is obviously stronger than SmackDown, and it makes sense because is three hours compared to SmackDown being two, you know. But then again, you also have two oh five live, which eats up a match or two sometimes on Raw. But the bottom line is is that this is supposed to help with SmackDown more than anything else. In my honest opinion, Raw could still have Raw-only pay-per-views and do decent. SmackDown is the one that is the issue right now. And I don't want to say any names in particular. But again, if you go back and you look at the last two years of the matches that took place on SmackDown-only pay-per-views, you could probably pull On average, two matches, maybe even three sometimes, that you would be like, you know, this doesn't even feel like it should be on the pay-per-view. And sometimes four matches, you would be like, you know what, yeah, okay, but... So now you take those four matches off, or three, let's say, and you put three raw matches in its place, they're not always going to be. Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, main event people. You might have the undercard from Raw on the SmackDown event as well. But the thing is, is perception. Once they start doing this, they're going to have to keep doing it. I mean, right now it's a test for May 6th, but I think it's going to go well. I think it's going to get a lot of positive reaction. It has to but this is going to hurt some of the wrestlers on the lower end roster and even on raw as well, because if they feel that they have to do this at raw only pay-per-views as well, also because of the way the perception is, you know, then it's going to suffer some people on the lower end on the raw cards as well. You know, do you still put two Oh five live matches on a raw event? I don't know. So that's, that's, what's going down again. It could very well be that going forward from backlash on every event is dual brand. But for people to say right now that it is 100% happening on every event, that's way premature, way premature. One more thing I want to add to this for people that are into like business side and business numbers and stuff like that. I don't have the exact figure in front of me. But last week when WWE released their latest numbers and comparing revenue from 2017 to 2016, all right, they took in about $800 million. I think it's their best year ever. But their profit was only in the mid-30s as far as uh, millions go. And think about that. And I don't think I'm wrong. I mean, from the research I did, they made $800 million and only 35, 36 million of it was profit. All right, that goes to show you how small their profit margin is. But when you also compare... Quarter three in two thousand and seventeen compared to up to quarter three of two thousand and sixteen, their live event revenue decreased from thirty eight million dollars down to thirty five million. That's three million dollars. That's ten percent of the total profits. That's a lot of money. You you also look at their home entertainment. All right, now I'm not going to get into what their home ent- entertainment breaks down to. But just to show you some numbers, actually, I'll get into some numbers quickly. I'll, I'll give you the ones that went up in revenue, and I'll give you the ones that went down in revenue. First off, TV revenue increased 10% from $75 million to $68 million. All right, so for everybody out there that thinks that, you know, the TV viewership and the ratings and ad revenue is not is not important, okay. Network revenues, including WWE Network and Pay-Per-View, increased 6% from $46 million uh, from 43 million a prior year licensing was up to 11.3 million compared to 10 million from last year digital media revenue was up from 8.5 million last year all the way to 12.8 million this year that's pretty damn good wwe shop went up in revenue last year was 12.8 million this year 14.3 million and wwe studios had nine point six million dollars in revenue compared to two point four million the prior year quarter. It's a pretty big increase. Now the areas that were down, as I mentioned before, live events revenue went down from thirty eight and a half million down to thirty five. Home entertainment was down from $4.6 million, $4.2 million, excuse me, to nine hundred thousand. And venue merchandise was down a half a million dollars from 4.9 million to 4.4. So, look, some areas had nice increases, but some areas did not. And again, when you look at the fact that their profit margin is so small, you have to be very, very careful. Now, keep in mind, I mean, you lose 5 million in profits, you're still making a profit. You know, you break even for some people that's considered a success, you know, but. Again, when you realize how much money they're making and how small of it is profit, there are, are some big factors uh, being brought into this. So I want to shout out some more of our associate producers and sponsors. We're almost done for today. I mean, even though this is being posted a day late, there isn't a hell of a lot that is broken since Monday, obviously, with Kevin and I doing a DTKC show. And yes, there are other topics that we could talk about as well. I want to save it for Monday. I want to talk about Monday about Ryback, who thinks that WWE is going to ask him to go in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> he actually said that, and I want to see if maybe if I could grab the audio. I'll I'll play it for everybody on Monday. I want to see what Kev's thoughts are on it. Um, You know, Ryback, you know, there's been a little bit of issue with him in the past with this show. um, But we ironed out, you know, some things. And honestly, before I really comment about it, I want to see how he worded it. Because, you know, some people are just saying, oh, Ryback thinks is going to ask him to go into the Hall of Fame in 2019. Something tells me Ryback may not have said it exactly that way. So that's why some of the tidbits that you read online, you don't hear me comment about it. I might mention it, but I'm not going to give any analysis or opinion or thoughts on it. Case in point, the Jeff Jarrett thing. I mean, for people I don't know, there's been stories going around that WWE is seriously considering putting Jeff Jarrett in the WWE Hall of Fame. And, you know, it was funny because people ran with it, and then there were little updates that, you know, a little troll reporter who will keep anonymous here, who has a little pee-pee, you know, he talked to someone who said he heard from people backstage that they would love to see Jeff Jarrett. Come on, man. Seriously? That's why, like I say, I've been using this motto for fucking ever. You know, we don't want to be first. We want to be right. I mean, in fact, just a little blast from the past. The other day, we were reminiscing about old hotlines and shows that we used to do, and I found the first commercial that Mish of Wrestling Soup ever did for us. This was back in 2005. And I wonder if any of the longtime listeners ever remember this blast from the past. Remember, we don't want to be first. We want to be right.
2: Hey, kids. It's Monday night. Raw is over, and your mom keeps yelling at you to stop playing with yourself. What are you going to do? You could call me Big Pussy. Well, turn those frowns upside down, because it's time for the Minority Report. Hosted by Anthony blasi and all the WrestlingNews.com crew.
0: Just, I look at you as all co-hosts of mine and all inferior.
2: The number one wrestling show on the internet. Providing you with coverage of WWE, TNA, recaps, rumors, and news concerning all your heroes of wrestling. Pro Wrestling Sports sucked the cock of Ring of Honor, <laughs> so hard that my balls hurt.
0: Ring of Honor cronies all feel wanted because they're in an extended family. Fuck all of you! Suck my dick!
2: Also, make sure to catch The Masked Maniac Show doing controversial interviews with some of the industry's hottest wrestlers.
3: And if you're listening to this show live, instead of watching live UFC on Spike TV, well then you're either A stupid mark? Or your name is Lindsey
2: Book and you got huge knockers? So tune in to the Minority Report and the Masked Maniac Show only at wrestling-news.com. We
0: don't want to be first. We want to be right. Wait, I thought
1: the model was 15
0: years old ain't that young. Yeah... Well, 15 years old is young. (laughs) All right, so just a little blast from the past. But no, seriously, I don't care about being first. I mean, once in a blue moon, we get an exclusive scoop we share with everyone. You don't see us doing, you know, breaking podcast reports. I mean, obviously, if there's a major scandal, a major tragedy in the world of pro wrestling, we may do a special episode But I I get a kick out of podcasts out there that do shows on a certain day that they do, like, during the week. And because a major story will break four or five days early, you know, it's like they got to be the first one on YouTube or somewhere else with their show. So they do special reports and that. Uh, you know, it, there's a reason why when you have a certain schedule, you know, you stick to the schedule. And sometimes, yeah, maybe stories may break days before you do your show, but to try to run the fuck out of here. So, but anyway, you know, to each his own, to each his own. I'm not going to criticize it. And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I am doing blah, blah, blah Saturday going forth. Blah, blah, blah is not going to be on any set schedule um it's basically me just giving views and opinions and stuff about things going on in the world you know personal stuff growing up Don Tony it's going to be a whole mixed bag but it's everything but wrestling but I realize that a show like that doesn't really need to be on a schedule it's not recapping a lot of things it's a lot of discussion it's a lot of blunt opinion brutal honesty and a lot of interaction with all of you out there as well so, um, you know, but for the ones that advertise a certain day, certain time of the week, I mean, do you realize when we picked schedules in the past of doing shows, and, and maybe this is just the way we were, because I was like that, Kev, Mish, others that we did shows with, we always chose dates and times that didn't conflict with other big time shows out there. And, you know, we were one of the first, if not the first show that did podcast right after Raw. I'm, I'm telling you, you do your research, going back to the Minority Report days, we didn't find other shows doing a weekly podcast that aired at 11.15 p.m. every Monday night. Now you look at it, how many shows do you see airing right after Raw? It's unbelievable. If anybody ever bothered to look, it's insane. Between the live YouTube stuff, I mean, there's dozens, if not over 100 but I like the fact that we've been doing this probably longer than anyone else out there. And Observer and others, you know, they go back further. But, you know, that's, that's one of the things. You know, people say, oh, the Don Tony, Kevin Castle show, they're going to split up. You know, unless there's something that legitimately bars us from doing the show, we don't want to lose the fact that we are currently the wrong, longest running podcast out there. I mean, a lot of taking hiatuses and folded and left for three months or six months or a year. It came back because wrestling felt a little hot again. The best was when shows disappeared and they popped up after the pipe bomb. That was pretty fucking funny because if you're a true wrestling fan and you really are in for the long haul as far as doing these podcasts, whether you're a professional or you're doing it as a hobby, you have to do it through thick and thin. You know, sometimes, you you know, things in real life may prevent you from doing an episode here and there, but for the most part, when wrestling is in the shitter or it sucks or it just feels like it's in the doldrums, you got to stick through it. You really got, you got to be dedicated. So, and speaking of dedication, you know, I was talking earlier about the Mixed Match Challenge and the fact that it only drew 77,000 viewers. They air the matches on the WWE Network as well, but... Let's be honest. I mean, they do not get a bigger viewing audience tuning in for the Mixed Match Challenge. You may, as a whole, get more numbers in the WWE Network because it's available every day. I may watch it today. You may watch it tomorrow. Someone may watch it on Friday, whatever. Tomorrow is Friday. But the point is is that, you know, when you realize that, you know, the numbers are not big as far as Mixed Match Challenge. I mean, there's, you, you'd be shocked as far as how low the viewership is on the WWE Network, all right? The top 10 video on demands from the WWE Network over the last week, and I kind of think it's ridiculous to put the Mixed Match Challenge on this list for the simple be- fact that you're only talking about a 10-minute program. And, yes, the ride-alongs are, are not too much longer than that, but still, you know but here's your list and i think it is interesting especially the fact um when you look at nxt on this, on the schedule royal rumble being number one obviously i mean everybody and their mother wanted to watch the royal rumble so that remains number one and it should be number two was the Mixed match challenge number three was the ride along with finn balor uh carl anderson luke gallows and elias uh they weren't together. Lies, you know, was on the episode as well. Usually, if you've never seen Ride Along, they usually have two vehicles riding, you know, not together, but you know, they just show like footage of one group riding and another group riding. Number four was NXT from February seventh. Number five was NXT TakeOver Philadelphia. Number six was the Mix Match Challenge from January 30th. Number seven was 205 Live from the 6th. Number 8 was the WWE 24 WrestleMania Orlando, which, by the way, go seek it out. It's definitely worth viewing. I watched it last week. I liked it. Uh, Number 9 was the photo shoot with Eric Bischoff. It's a new show that they have on the network. And number 10 was Elimination Chamber from 2015. But again, I stress this. you know, We're fans of NXT, and there are wrestlers on NXT that we would love to see jump and get a push as well. Obviously, they got to earn it, but still, when you realize how small the numbers are that view NXT, you know, it's it's a pretty big deal. And you could tell, you could tell, and I've said this before, when you listen to other podcasts especially, you could tell who out there is really watching NXT or watching New Japan or watching Lucha Underground or watching Impact Wrestling. Because when someone makes a debut or shows up in a different area and they act like they've never seen the person before and, you know, the shock with the, you know, the one was Rey Mysterio in the Royal Rumble. I mean, we watched him recently on Lucha Underground. We've seen him on footage, you know, quite a bit. And then he shows up in the Royal Rumble, and you hear him podcasts talking about how, you know, oh, my God, Rey Mysterio, it's unbelievable how good he was. I'm like, wait a minute. Did you see any of his Lucha Underground stuff? I mean, he looked to be a little bit trimmer, but he hasn't lost a beat. He doesn't work full-time like he used to, but still. I mean, people were acting as if they haven't seen him in 10 years. And the funny thing is, if you know, as I do to This Week in Wrestling History every week, Rey Mysterio was in WWE not too long ago. I think some people forget... That, you know, he didn't leave all that long ago, but it was cool to see him back. I hope WWE could work out a deal with him coming in. I mean, there's no reason why they can't use him on a semi-regular basis. He doesn't have to be week in and week out. I think the thing with Rey Mysterio, though, is that he's so well-loved and he's so, uh, you know, so talented that his body, I think, is doomed for another injury if he overdoes it and tries to work a full-time, full-blown schedule. And once you bring him in WWE, if he catches fire and he's really over and he's on momentum, you're almost forced to have him work additional cards, additional dates, or renegotiate the contract, and it gets to the point where he could get injured again. You know, you can't treat him like a Brock Lesnar where he wrestles once every two months. Can't do that and i don't know if his body could handle a a full blown full time schedule maybe for the short haul but i think ultimately with all the surgeries he's had in the past the best thing for ray is to say stay on the lighter schedule now before we go i want to give a couple more shouts and i also want to comment about the little bit of controversy that's going around online involving biggie the new day and them wearing kente outfits ...to celebrate Black History Month. I'll explain what that's all about in a moment. But first, I want to shout out our associate producers... ...Michael Cuomo, Rob McCabe, Douglas McKay... ...Brian Byrne, Joe Bassi, Merle Coombs Jr., Steve Spiniak... ...Anna, Adam DeMoy, Spider-Lewin, Ernesto Defensa... ...Franco O'Shea, James Deal, Crestman, CJ Uihara, ...Scott Woodford, Toby DeShong, Jason Pratt... ...Marcus Antonius, Josh Wilson... Mandingo Chamberlain, Billy Taylor, Dan Hayes, Valdez, Lucia Dalban, Sean DeMarsh, Bob O'Mack, Tim Everhart, Julian LeBlanc, Jeffrey Collins, Matt Militia, Mark Israel, James Gruesome, Jaron Bartolome, Anthony Smith, and Bespoken. Thank you, as always, for your support. Immense, immense, the dedication. They are the, they are the stockholders of what we do. Also on YouTube, make sure you take, check out TV Trax's channel, uh, clips of our shows solo monster and i was it's funny every fucking week i tell all of you you know check out tv tracks for solo monster and others and i still get thrown in my face that i don't plug solo monster i don't like solo monster there's very few people i dislike in this world right now right now i'm kind of pissed off at one flowers and you'll hear that audio momentarily um but uh, i want to wrap up some other things as well Also on YouTube, rock reviews, very unique reviews of music from the past. Trust me, give it a listen once. I'm telling you, you don't know what you're missing. I can't tell you how many fans of wrestling that don't listen to rock music or anything like that tuned into one of their podcasts and PM me like, holy shit, this is fucking funny, entertaining. It's a really unique show. That's one thing that really is great about some of these shows. They all are unique and they all stand out. Dell's and his sneaker podcast. You can find them on YouTube under the Sneaker Attic. Congrats once again on being the proud uh, father of a new baby boy, Maddox. SubzeroComics.com for your wrestling and collectible needs. Crisis in the Toyverse is a podcast on YouTube as well. Check it under the name Undercover Capes. Your Best Bargains, LLC. They are on Amazon and on eBay, and I am a a customer of theirs as well. And uh, you definitely should go check out their store. They got some pretty cool shit there. Um, Not wrestling stuff for the most part, but just everyday things that you might find interesting. I mean, I bought something for my bird last week. There's a lamp that I'm going to be ordering later on, so go check them out. Finally, Skyhawks Wrestling Collectibles. You can find them on eBay under the name Wrestling Loot. And uh, I am going to be invading their store later on tonight to see if there's any uh, little things that I could pick up to give away on Patreon. So go check it out. Blake Michaels, he is an up-and-coming musical artist. Did a really cool song for Art Show and Soup. And uh, you can find him on Instagram on the Michaels 93 And he's on SoundCloud. Uh, now, look, it's Black History Month. Okay. I tell it like it is on the shows. I think longtime listeners know that. Yes, I do rub people the wrong way sometimes. And yes, I could be very brash and people that are younger especially aren't used to that bluntness and brash. And some people really get taken back by it. I honestly, with all due respect, I could care less. I am true to myself and I'm true to everybody listening, and you know that whatever comes out of my mouth is genuine. And I never, ever, ever kiss ass and say shit on this show for the simple reason of getting likes on YouTube, likes on Twitter, people sending me thanks and appreciate. Yes, I'll kiss your asses listening. And I will always kiss the ass of our patrons because you're dedicated and you take the time to listen to us. So we are forever grateful for that. Seriously, I mean that sincerely. But when it comes to me speaking my mind about anything, what you hear from me is what's in my heart. And I got to be totally honest with you. I was blown away, and I didn't mention this Monday because I figured, you know what, I'm not gonna even waste my time reprimanding people out there for doing this. But since the controversy with Biggie is floating around and people wanted my thoughts, on it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it up. I can't tell you how many people sent me. Private messages, tweets, Facebook things that were saying to me. And every week, people are saying, Look, are you going to get into this? You should discuss this. Why don't you bring up this? Hey, this would be good. This is that. But you also get people like, Oh, you got to bring up this. Oh, you got to mention this. Oh, you got to. And I take overall consensus of everybody listening. You know, patrons will tell me, Hey, this would be great if you bring this up. If it's only one or two people that bring up something, you know, I may, if I could fit it in, but when you see it over and over again, like I said earlier with the Jinder Mahal stuff with the comeback of the year thing, the award I gave him, but I can't tell you how many people on Monday and last week as well that were telling me how ridiculous is it that WWE is using Roman Reigns to celebrate black history and talking about what happened in the 60s. And on Monday especially, people were asking me, uh, oh, you you got to bring up the fact that they have Alexa Bliss talking about black history. And I'm like, you know what? This is Anthony de Blasi saying this. You know, when I went to school, I learned about slaves. I learned about the Holocaust. I learned about all different nationalities and struggles and things that happened way before I was born or even my parents were born. So all the disgusting with the slaves, you know, going back to Lincoln freeing the slaves, it, just everything. Harriet Tubman. But the thing is, is that any nationality, any race can celebrate the plight of a particular religion, religious group, the plight of a race. the plight. It doesn't have to be that just black people celebrate Black History Month. All right. There is so people that were getting upset that Roman Reigns was being portrayed at it. You don't know what's in the guy's heart. And even if he could care less about what happened to the 60s and, you know, with, with everybody, with the exception of Martin Luther King, maybe once he started learning, maybe it did affect him. So I have no issue whatsoever of anybody out there celebrating. And respecting Black History Month. And I get it. I understand the argument. And a lot of people will say it's two thousand and eighteen. Everybody's treated equal. Yes, there are bad cops. Yes, there are this. Yes, there are there are in areas like Chicago and others where blacks are really held back and they don't have the same opportunity as whites do. You know, let now everybody, you know, that tries to start controversy does the white privilege thing. And I've talked about that especially on blah blah blah. Don't tell me that my father had white privilege. And I start bringing up what my father went through just to put us through school, all right? So there are people today that have to, have to have blacks and certain others' gays held back because if everybody ends up on an equal playing field, there's no longer reason for them to be rebellious or this. They lose their whole argument. And there are people that will really take an argument and really go over the top with it because there are people out there that will go along with it, will feel that way, will accept. So in my honest opinion, yeah, I in 2018, I treat everybody the same. I've been doing that my entire life. I am tongue-in-cheek when it comes to humor with all groups out there, including... Italians, including people that are in my neighborhood, including me, myself. I joke about everybody. But I also pay tribute as well. What I did in 1986, 85, paying tribute to Run-DMC, there was not a fucking racist bone in my body back then when I dressed up as them. I wanted to look like them, portray them, dedicate them. Would I do it in 2018? Absolutely not. Because it would offend people. All right. In my heart, I would say, like, I'm doing it because I I appreciate them, you know. But look, if it offends a lot of people, isn't it funny that I would go that extra mile to appease people that it offends because I don't want to offend anyone? But yet, the whole argument about kneeling during the national anthem that it was fucked up if you you were racist if you did not like the fact that people were kneeling that just just think about the hypocrisy, what goes on in this world. And I'm not getting into the whole kneeling controversy again. I've already given my view. I have no problem with them kneeling. I just think that when a lot of of our veterans spoke up and said they were very hurt by it, even though it may have only been half the veterans, even 40% of the veterans, there were enough of them that would have said, you know what, okay, I'll do it anytime but the national anthem. That was just my opinion on it. So, and again, When I go back to the Run DMC argument, if I would have portrayed them, not every person would have thought it was racist. So, But I still would not do it today because it would offend too many people. Now, even though we're all supposed to be treated equal, it doesn't happen all the time in 2018. And even though we all should treat each other equally and love each other and respect each other, No matter if you're black, white, straight, gay, Italian, black, lesbian, uh, Mexican, Cuban, Jewish, German. It doesn't matter. You don't have to wear the same garb that others do. You don't have to have the same religion as someone else does. Respect. Respect is the number one thing. If you can respect everybody around you. And you want that same respect back, we would get along so much better. And with that said, I had no problem with the fact that New Day was wearing Kente on SmackDown. Look at their outfits. Now, I know a lot of you out there may not have any clue what that is, but you know, Biggie went on Twitter and said, and I quote, yes, we're wearing Kente because it's Black Panther season and Black History Month. No, you should not come for us because you think we're being divisive and schismatic. Yes, we're going to take some time to acknowledge our dreads, our Afro puffs, and our chocolatey skin. He's paying tribute to his race. He's paying tribute to black history. I respect it. He's not saying that blacks are superior than whites. None of us ever say that whites are superior than blacks. He's celebrating his culture. He's celebrating his race. There's nothing wrong with that. If You don't have to celebrate it. You don't have to wear that. You don't have to even understand it. Just respect the fact that they celebrate it. You don't think that... And it's a bad comparison. But, you know, you see the Puerto Rican Day Parade. People that are Puerto Rican celebrate that they're Puerto Rican. Me, I'm Italian. I celebrate that I'm Italian. You know, we don't have... Parades like some other groups do, but no. I mean, we go to an Italian event in Howard Beach every couple of years. I go to a dinner that celebrates the Italian heritage. There is nothing wrong with anybody out there celebrating their culture, their history, their race, their religion. All right. It's when people start disrespecting and labeling others and putting others down, that's where you get into problems. So look. do I celebrate Black History Month? No, I'm not black. Do I respect it? Do I appreciate it? Do I try to learn from it? Absolutely. And I have learned over the years. I have said since probably I was a teenager, people have said to me, hey, if you could meet one person from yesteryear, who would you want to meet? And me, it's always been Jackie Robinson. Always been Jackie Robinson. Easily Jackie Robinson. And in his latter years, you know, some people accused him of being racist. I mean, go figure, a guy who was totally uh, almost brought to his knees because he was black and threatened for years and years and decades and then has a little bit of dissension as a result from it, Jesus Christ, he's a race. Come on. So bottom line is, and no problem with New Day celebrating Black History Month, and I don't think anybody out there should as well. So, And with that said... I am done with this episode of Breakfast with Blossy, But don't forget, still another 40-plus minutes. Now, I'm just warning everyone. If you decide you want to listen to this, keep in mind it's not the most interesting, entertaining thing in uh, this world. It is a real situation that I had with 1-800-Flowers. Okay? I couldn't hype it up. couldn't add special effects. I couldn't bait the guy to start cursing and this, this, and that. I'm just letting everybody know in real time, in total honesty, how 1-800-Flowers fucked up my Valentine's Day. And you will hear it, and basically, I will paint the picture to everyone what you're going to hear. Okay? Very simple, very to the point. I haven't used the 1-800-Flowers in a very long time. They've fucked up orders for me in the past, and... I keep getting emails, you know, from time to time, come back, please, give us a second chance, blah, 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 fine. So Valentine's Day this year, I wanted it to be a little different. My girlfriend loves cadaver chocolates. Me, I don't believe on spending 50 bucks for eight chocolates. So if I'm gonna buy cadaver chocolates, I'm gonna get a gigantic arrangement that's pretty expensive, than to spend 40 bucks for five pieces. You understand what I'm saying? So I went on their website, I looked at their chocolate section, Saw this big Godiva arrangement, was not cheap. And I was like, all right, you know what? Fine, I'm going to get her that for Valentine's Day. Plus, I'll take her out to dinner and we'll have a nice time and blah, 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 blah. At least I know it's not just like flowers that will die after a week. I did get her, you know, some flowers today to make up for yesterday. I got it a day late, but obviously when you hear what happened, you can understand why. So I ordered these chocolates a week ago. And what happens is you place the order, they take your money, and since it's Godiva chocolate, it doesn't have to be made. It's not an arrangement that has to be put together. All they got to do is put it in a box, throw a shipping label on it, have FedEx, pick it up, or bring it to FedEx, and they ship it, plain and simple. Plus, 1-800-Flowers had this deal, you pay an extra 15 bucks, and they will deliver it on Valentine's Day. Now, why that extra money? I don't know because it was still being shipped FedEx. FedEx didn't charge extra money to ship on Valentine's Day. And plus, I was ordering it a week before Valentine's Day. So it could have been shipped FedEx ground and still arrive on time. So I placed the order on the 8th and I get no tracking number. I call up 1-800-Flowers on the 13th. Listen, it's my thing shipped. I got no tracking number. No, don't worry, it was shipped, it was shipped, blah, blah, blah. I need the tracking number. Oh, we will call you back with it, please. You know, it'll be there. I'm like, look, I don't want to wait until Valentine's Day and nothing arrives. Because FedEx, they could come by any time between 8 a.m. and I think 8 p.m., something like that. So I don't want to wait until 7 o'clock at night on Valentine's Day and it doesn't show and I'm left with nothing. No, 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 it's on its way. We'll call you back with the tracking number they never call. So the morning of Valentine's Day, around 9 a.m., I call them again, go through the whole scenario again. They tell me they'll call me back within an hour with the tracking number. They never did. I call them again at 2.30 in the afternoon on Valentine's Day, and now I'm getting nervous because what am I going to do? You know, this thing was a couple hundred dollars, so now I have nothing to give her. So I call them at 2.30, and I'm like, look, this is the third time I'm calling you you keep putting me on hold, you keep doing this, why can't I just get a tracking number? And the person promised me they would call me back in 30 minutes with the tracking number. They never did. So yesterday at around five o'clock at night, I called them again and I recorded it. And the reason why I recorded it was because if it turned into a disaster, then I want to share it with everybody of what went down. Now, what could have happened was I could have called them yesterday afternoon. They would have told me, given the tracking number, would have been delivered. That's the end of it. But when I got the person on the phone, as you will hear, I started getting bullshit. And the one thing that I'm very, very smart about is the fact that they outsource these calls to Pakistan. They outsource these calls to India. So when I imitate, you know, the, the, the way they talk, I'm not making fun of them. But I am just repeating who I have on the phone. Okay, so basically you're dealing with a country that may not celebrate Valentine's Day. You're dealing with someone that lives 10,000 miles away that could care less if your flowers or chocolate arrive. Just like we probably could care less if their flowers or chocolates arrive. So you're dealing with someone that doesn't even really work for 1-800-Flowers, but they're working in a different country because 1-800-Flowers outsources the calls, the, the the center, overseas because it's cheap. So now you're dealing with people that will just read off of cards. If you listen to the very end when you got when I got my apology, you could hear that he was reading off a piece of paper. So, and not only that, because they don't speak or understand English perfectly... When I told both of them that I was going to stream the calls live on my show for everybody to hear the bullshit I just went through, I don't even think they understood what I said because there are privacy laws that you're not supposed to to record and stream calls without the person's consent. When you hear me say to both of them, you know, I'm, I'm putting the calls on the air so everybody could hear this. Never once did you hear them say, no, don't put me on the air. No, I don't want to be recorded. If, if they would have turned around and said that, then I would have shut the recording off and deleted it, and that would have been the end of it. But as you will hear, it just went right over their heads. So again, this might be boring for some. For some of you out there, you may love the fact that I got screwed, but all I know is that maybe after hearing this, it may convince you Stay clear away from 1-800-Flowers. And look, there is a saying, you know, somebody screws you, shame on you. If you let them do it again, shame on me. And there's also another saying, time heals all wounds. You know, you may get screwed from 1-800-Flowers now just because a year has gone by or two years have gone by. Just because time heals all wounds, ah, give them another shot. If you ever consider using them again, you're playing Russian roulette. You might not get your head blown off. They may actually deliver what you're asking for. But more cases than not, they're going to fuck you. And the worst part is, when do we usually use these services? On holidays. And because it's supposed to be delivered on the holiday, they're supposed to allow up to 7, 8 o'clock at night. And then when it doesn't get delivered on the holiday, you're left with nothing. And that's what happened yesterday. I was left with nothing. This morning, I went to my local florist. I had some flowers made up. I gave it to my girlfriend. But still, this is February fucking 15th. One day too late. So again, I'm sorry if this might be a little boring for those out there. I think you'll find it entertaining somewhat because it's real. This is how it went down yesterday. The only thing that I edited was some of the wait times. Because they put you on hold and they make you sit on hold. And I, the wait time between all the calls I made yesterday that I recorded was about 20 minutes of audio. So I cut out most of the on hold music. So, all right, that's it. So everyone enjoy. And as always, follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. The website, DonTony.com. Once again, if you like what we do and you want to get a little bit more and also help us keep the lights on and keep the bills paid, patreon.com slash Everyone enjoy. Here is what went down in real time. Valentine's Day, 5 p.m., 1-800-Flowers. Take care.
4: Welcome to 1-800-Flowers.com. Ah, this call up. may be monitored and recorded for quality assurance purposes at the end of your call you may receive an email survey to rate your call experience with the agent who assisted you all of our agents are busy helping customers deliver smiles your call wait time is up to five minutes need help with your order right now for faster assistance check out our convenient customer service portal online at www.1800flowers.com slash customer dash service. All sales and service specialists are still busy. Please continue to hold and your call will be answered by the next available sales and service specialist. Remember, you can...
1: Welcome to
0: 1-800-LOVERSTAT.com. My name is How may I help you today? Yes, Sir Al. Uh, this is the third time I'm calling today. I placed an order uh, almost seven days ago on your Simply Chocolate section, and I'm trying to get a tracking number. And um, I mm-hmm. called this morning. Well, actually, I called yesterday for it, and they said that I'll have it this morning. I called this morning. Somebody said they'll call me back within an hour. And then I called again about two and a half hours ago, and they said they'd call me back in 30 minutes. And it is now in the afternoon over here, and I, I need the tracking number. I paid extra to have this delivered today, and I don't know what's going on. I, it's not even flowers that I ordered this time. It's chocolate. All you have to do is put it in a shipping box, put a label on it, and deliver it. I need the tracking number so I can find out where this package is
1: okay so um do you have already your order number right
0: yes would you like it
1: okay may i have that yes uh, for me to know uh for me to 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 look um to look here in our system about the tracking number and if i get already i will i will i will go i will do i will i will give, i will i will do that with you to um to give you the tracking number so can you have the order number
0: absolutely w zero zero four two seven four six nine seven three
1: It's double year zero zero four three two four six nine seven three
0: is this correct? No, you're missing a number seven. Uh, I'll repeat it again. It's W zero zero four
1: Two seven four six nine seven three. Yes, that's it. It's uh, W 32746973. Yes. Okay, I would like to please you on hold for three, two, the three minutes, and I just want to pull out the information that you gave me. Okay. Sure. Okay, thank you for that, sir.
0: Thank you. You see what I mean as far as outsourcing it? You know, I feel bad. I mean, the guy's just trying to do his job. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here.
1: And yes, hello, sir.
0: Yeah, no, sorry. I just, I'm recording this so I could stream it on my show later because I have a feeling this is going to turn into a disaster. But, uh all right, so what did you find?
1: Okay. um Okay, sir, I would like to verify your first, your name, the delivery date. I mean, yes. The delivery date, that will be today, right? And yes. Also, and I would like to also verify your name, the recipient name.
0: Sure. My name is Anthony De blasi. The recipient's name is and it's obviously supposed to be delivered today.
1: Okay, perfect. Thank you for that, um, Anthony. And I just want to, hear, just to give you more time to process, okay? Sure. Okay
0: all well, right guys i was saying you know i mean they're just doing a job but you know I, I just don't understand how you can outsource special on holidays like this christmas valentine's day i mean could you imagine what some of these people go through because you go online and you see it's just repeatedly orders screwing up one after the other after the other but i figured it's chocolate How hard would it be to ship it? And if I revealed to everyone how much money I spent on this, you would call me in freaking sane for doing so. But I wanted to impress my girl. I mean, I wanted to give her something nice for Valentine's Day. And now, would it be in so late in the day? There was nothing I could do. There was absolutely nothing I could possibly do to make up for this. And the problem is, is I don't need it tomorrow. I don't need it Friday. And I didn't... I paid extra to have it delivered today, Valentine's Day. It is worthless after today. So let's see what this guy finds. Yes, hello, Anthony. Yes.
1: Okay, thank you for patiently waiting. Um, actually, I the stop of hearing your item is on delivery days between 9 a.m. to... 9 a.m
0: to probably 7 p.m
1: no it's 9 a.m between between 9 a.m to 8 p.m okay and actually um you I get already your um order number that will be do you have your pen and paper there
0: I gave you the order number I have the order number I just need the tracking number
1: and actually, the tracking uh, the number that you gave me is a tracking number. Not no, it's
0: the, not. That, no. That, you know, uh, order. no, it's not. There's no such tracking number It begins with the letter W. That is the order number for 1-800-Flowers. What, what shipping company, how was the ship? What shipping company was used? FedEx. Okay, do you have the FedEx tracking number? Because that's not the tracking number. That's the order number I gave you.
1: Okay, I just want to track this one in our as uh, so FedEx. So, uh, just give me more time for this to process. Okay. Yes.
0: Thank you. I'm telling you, I didn't pay this guy to to like talk like this. It, this is what I go through. And again, if, if I ever use this service ever again, I don't deserve. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Just one eight hundred flowers. Just keep my money and don't and don't even send me nothing and seriously take this as heed this advice everyone stay away from them stay away from them it's just absolutely terrible what i have to deal with here and i'm sorry if you know some people find my voice a little annoying and everything but i wanted to document this in real time and you heard me tell him that i'm recording the conversation the stream on my show and it went right over his head because i don't even think he understood what i said let's see what he has to say he tried to actually tell me that the order number was the tracking number. I can't believe the amount that I paid, and I'll probably not get laid. Blah, 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 blah. blah. You know you know what's funny? On their website it says, you could see it on there that all packages ship FedEx. So this Mataraz didn't even pull up the tracking information. He just said, Oh, it rent out to FedEx. Fucking I'm getting mad. Sorry for cursing. I promised I wouldn't curse this time around, but I'm angry.
1: Yes, hello, Anthony. Yes. Thank you for fa- patiently waiting. I'm actually, here is your tracking number. Okay. Do you have your pen and paper there? Yes, I do. It's 4177.
0: Wait, wait, wait. What was that?
1: 4177. Okay. <laughs> Zero four three nine three
0: 43936? Three, three, Let me. 42936. Okay, let me repeat this back: four one seven seven zero four two nine three six. Perfect. Okay, let me. I'm going. I'm going on FedEx's website right now. Let Let me just put that in and see what comes up. Just give me one second. I'm okay, pl-
1: sir.
0: One second. Okay. One second.
1: Okay. Um, there anything,
0: okay. Okay, is there anything now, else that can help you? With? Uh, yes, there is. I I just went on their website. And all it says is that a label was created, and it says scheduled (laughs) delivery pending. It doesn't say that it's off for delivery. Mm -hmm. It says anticipated ship date February 8th. It was not shipped. I'm looking on their website right now. It says that the label was created on February 8th, anticipated ship date February 8th. But the tracking information, I'm going to where it says see full details. And let me see what it comes up. Hold on. It, all it says is label created. It was never shipped out. It says shipment information sent to FedEx. The label was created. It wasn't shipped. You gave me a, a, a label number, but it, it's not shipped. What's going on? I, I don't need this item after today. I paid extra to have it delivered today. It's It never went out. What do I do? What do I do? I, I mean, you know, I called yesterday and your, your store said, don't worry about it. You'll have it. We'll send the tracking information. I called this morning and I called this afternoon and both times they said somebody would call me back and nobody did. And you just gave me a, a number and it wasn't shipped. Tell me when it was shipped. I mean, you just gave me a number, but I'm looking right on FedEx's website and it hasn't been shipped. All it says is the label was created. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hello
1: yeah. yes uh, okay we- I will call our um uh, I will call for the FedEx department about this matter for me to know what will be the reason why your um your status is still in label created it's been um it's been um six days already and your um your item is already um your item still in label created so and, and the only thing that I can do is just to to, uh, to process about that, and I will call to our FedEx department. And and is this your phone? Our uh, best phone number? No,
0: no. Uh, why don't you call them now, and I'll stay on hold? Because you know nothing against you. I mean, but I called this morning at nine thirty in the morning, and I, I, you're not. I mean, you're in a different country. I understand that, but. Someone said to me they'll call me back within an hour, and they never did. And then I called again at 2.30 this afternoon, and somebody said to me they'll call me back within 30 minutes, and they never did. It's, it's late in the day. I don't have time to buy something else. Could you call FedEx and put me on hold and let me know what they say?
1: Um, actually, um, the only thing that I can do is to call the, um FedEx. And I just want to ask you full uh, full number for me to call back with you. I don't have a don't f- i don't I, don't, I don't
0: have a number where you could call me back at this is the this is the third time I'm calling today I mean I don't understand what the problem is if it doesn't get delivered today, I have no use for this, but it's worse because I don't know if you do you celebrate Valentine's Day in your country Yes, you do okay so then you should understand how much of a mess this is now because I spent a lot of money on this order and it's not being delivered today. And if it gets shipped tomorrow or the day after, it's worthless. I needed this for Valentine's Day. This is why I ordered it a week ago. This is why I paid extra to have it delivered today. And when I called yesterday, somebody said to me, don't worry about it, we'll have the tracking information tomorrow. And you're giving me a a number for a label that was created and it's not even shipped i don't understand you'd put me on hold to get the tracking information why can't you put me on hold and call fedex
1: okay so okay sir, for you to know the um uh for you to know what would be the app um status of your um your um items um the only thing i also they can do if you cannot um you know you will not allow me to call the FedEx, so I will give you the number of Fedex and just call them and and they are the ones who cater your item okay
0: so you so want uh, so you number. want so you want me to call Fedex
1: okay, sure yeah, I give you the number sure what is it It's one 1-
0: uh-huh
1: eight zero zero okay four six three okay three 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 okay. Nine.
0: Okay, now what if they tell me that it never was shipped? What do I do now? Do I call you back and yell? Do What do I do? I mean, if it hasn't been shipped, do you give me back my money? I mean, what do I do now? It's Valentine's Day night. I mean, I don't have time to buy something else. If they tell me it hasn't shipped, what do I do?
1: Okay, if the, oh, uh, every day, uh, uh, FedEx will be, um, uh, will be, um, and just ask for the FedEx department about the item that um, it's, um, your item is, um, ordered. It's been already oh six uh, six days ago, and you're not uh, um, your item is not yet arrived. And if ever you will not, um, if everybody the the FedEx gives you the uh, feedback, um, just call back ask for me for us to refund or to cancel your item. All okay? right.
0: you want me to ask for you. All right, what's your name? Owen. Owen? I thought it was Sulil, but okay. All right, so I got to call back and ask for Owen if the package was never shipped. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, I'll call them now. And listen, I know it's not your fault, but, you know, this is ridiculous. I mean, but let me call them up and let me see. You never know, maybe they'll tell me it is on its way. Okay. All right, thank you very much, Owen.
1: Okay, my blusher. All,
0: right. all right, take Thank care.
1: Thank
0: you for calling one eight hundred kind of flowers count, and have a good day. You too. Bye bye. I know he didn't say his name was Owen before, but let's let's call one eight hundred flowers. The hell with it. One eight. What is it? One eight hundred four six three 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 nine. And again, the fact that I released this audio to all of you means that this did not end well.
5: Welcome to FedEx. In a few words, please tell me what you're calling about. Tracking. You can say... Sure. Tracking a package. Please tell me either your tracking number or your door tag number.
0: Or say, hold on a minute. 4-1-7-7-0-4-2-9-3-6. It's just going to re I guarantee it's going to just repeat what I just told this Matarats.
5: Sorry, you can say repeat that or press 1. Track another package or press 2. Text me. Again, a shipping label has been created for this FedEx Ground shipment. No shit. Once this sh- customer,
0: service. Like speak- customer service. Customer service.
5: like You'd like to speak with a FedEx customer service representative. Is that right? Yes. Please say yes. Just a moment while I transfer you to a FedEx customer service representative.
0: I know this is not FedEx's fault, but...
5: If you would be willing to take a one-question survey about your experience on this call, please remain on the line after the customer representative disconnects. This call may be monitored and recorded for quality assurance. We're sorry to keep you waiting. Go to FedEx.com to quickly track packages, find a drop off location, schedule a pickup, open an account, process shipments, and more. If you continue to hold, a customer representative will be with you shortly. Sorry to keep you waiting. Go to FedEx.
6: This is your FedEx representative. How may I assist you?
0: Hi. Uh, I'm calling because, and you probably have heard this a thousand times today, but I had placed an order about a week ago from 1, 800 Flowers, a uh, big chocolate order, and uh, it never arrived. And yeah, I got one of their reps, uh, give, gave me a tracking number, and all it says is that a label was created, and they told me to call you to see if the if you show if the item was even shipped before they issue a refund.
6: Okay. Um go ahead and provide me the tracking number please. Sure.
0: 4177 042936.
6: Okay. Thank you for that. May I get your first and last name please?
0: Anthony De Blasi. De Blasi.
6: Thank you for that, Mister De Blossi. Okay, for the shipment, I am seeing shippers information and customers information. I am not seeing that FedEx ever received the package.
0: That's what I thought. I I, uh, I just I had to call just to double check with you before I call them back and scream. So, you know, I appreciate you giving me the info.
6: Okay, of course, yes, sir. Thank you for calling, and have yourself a great day. You
0: too. Thank you. Thank
6: you. Bye bye. Bye
0: bye. See what I mean? unfreaking believable so now let's call Owen back everyone please stay away from this company
1: thank you for calling Please listen carefully. just just
0: keep in mind that this is over a half an hour now and this between yesterday and today this is now the fifth fifth time I'm calling
4: Welcome. this call may be monitored and recorded for quality assurance purposes due to the holiday we're currently experiencing extremely high call volumes as a result you may experience longer than usual wait times. We apologize in advance and look forward to delivering a smile for you. You can always reach us online by going to 1-800-Flowers.com and clicking on our customer service link. One of our online specialists will answer your email and respond back as soon as they can. We apologize for any inconvenience. Thanks again for calling. Goodbye.
0: Now, I want everybody to just take a step back for a minute and realize something. I ordered this six and a half days ago, now almost seven days ago, and they pulled the label and for six days, nobody ever bothered to, you know, follow up, make sure it was shipped out. And when I called them yesterday and two times earlier today, they never bothered to check to see if this thing was shipped. So, it just, I mean, what kind of service is that? You order it a week ago, they take your money, and then a label's, and they never shipped it. Are now, let's Please ask for Owen, and something tells me. Own I'm own telling you, this, is, this is so predictable. They're not going to know who Owen is.
4: You can also track your order online at www.1800flowers.com slash order tracking. The information provided to you online is the same information available
0: to our specialists oh one thing i wanted to tell you all i censored part of my order number and tracking number obviously because i don't want any of you to obviously try to pull the information online so all
4: sales and service specialists are still busy please continue to hold and your call will be answered by the next available sales and service specialist Remember, you can also track your order online at www.1800flowers.com slash order tracking. The information provided to you online is the same information available to our specialists.
3: Welcome to 1800 flowerscom My name is Kim. I'm committed to resolving your issue today. How may I help you?
0: Yes, I needed to speak to Owen, please. I'll win. Yes, Um, I spoke to him. I spoke to him about ten minutes ago. I placed an order a week ago. It never arrived. He gave me a label number and had me call FedEx, who told me that the order was never shipped. So he told me to call back and ask for him, so I can get my order refunded. Would you like? Would you like the order number? Okay.
3: Yes, sir. Yes,
0: sir. W's and William, 004-327-46973. So, sir, it's w 4
3: 46973 Is that correct? Yes. Thank you very much for that, sir. Um, can you verify for me your name, the delivery date and also the recipient's name?
0: My name is Anthony De Blasi. It was supposed to be shipped to and it was supposed to be delivered today.
3: Okay, sir, thank you very much for that. Okay, sir. Yes, sir. I can offer a redelivery for you. Um, no, 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 no. I don't... I don't. No, 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't, I, don't,
0: I don't need... A, I, don't, I don't need... A, I don't, all yes, right. Sir. I don't need another delivery. I, I needed it. I paid extra a week ago to have it delivered today. Yes, sir. After today, it's worthless.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: After yes, today, sir. it's worthless.
3: That's why, sir. Uh, I... Uh, let's see what all that. I meant it's not with delivery, but full credit. I will offer you full credit because, as I can see... Uh, let me check if it's already out of... Um,
0: it's, I, it's, it was never shipped out. I could give you the tracking number. I just called yes FedEx. Sir. Yeah, I just, just give me a, yes my sir. refund, and that's it. <laughs> that's yes it. This sir. is ridiculous. I can
3: give you that. Yes, I can... I can give you a full credit on that. Um, can you just... Uh, I'm going to put you on hold for a second while I process the full credit. Is that okay with you,
0: sir? That's fine. Thank you very much.
3: Okay, thank you very much, sir.
0: Again, I cut out some of this music. No need for you to stay on hold, you know, to endure that. I've been between the, all the... The calls that I've made, the last, the, the last two calls, I've been on hold for about twenty minutes. This entire call now is gone, fifty-six minutes. Well, the two calls combined with FedEx. But you believe this shit? And you figure yesterday I called, I called two times today, and then these two matrazes. Hello, sir. Thank you for holding. Thank you.
3: Um, I'm very sorry for that long haul. Um, Yes, I have already processed the cancellation of uh, the order. It will be credited back within five to seven business days, depending on the process of your bank account.
0: Okay, listen. So, yes. I mean, I I thank you very much. I don't know why this didn't go through. I mean, it's terrible. And, you know, I, I know it's not your fault, but... I mean, I I I'm, I have to share this with my listeners and you know just stream this whole thing in real time just to show them all what what happened. I mean, it's just it's no excuse for. It. I don't. I I can you explain why this keeps happening? I mean, I ordered this thing a week ago. Well,
3: I really can't explain how this happened, sir. But. I really apologize for this one because this is not really how we do business with one 800 com. We always guarantee things.
0: Well, look. I,
3: we I, will.
0: I know. I mean, I'm going to stream this whole call and everything on the show, but I will make certain to let everybody know. I mean, obviously, it wasn't your fault. You did the right thing and refunded it. But, you That's know, fair. after today, it's worthless. So, But okay. but thank you well, for sir, doing that for me.
3: In, mm-hmm. Is there anything else that I can help you with?
0: no. That's it. You have a nice day, and thank yeah, thank you again yes, for closing um, this out for me.
3: Sir, because uh, with all your feedback, you'll be receiving a brief email of how I assisted you today. I have, I have helped you it to your satisfaction, and you'll write me a perfect score of 10. And again, I'm very sorry. This is not really how we do business with one 800 com. Yeah. Um, thank
0: you for calling. All right. Have a nice day, sir. Take thank care. You very much. All right. Bye-bye. Don't you just love how they read that thing word for word at the end? But there you go. That is the documentation in real time. And once again, like I was saying before, I'm sorry if this was a little bit boring. I'm sorry that it was very long, but I wanted it to be honest. I mean, the only things that I edited out was a little bit of my order number, my girlfriend's full name, obviously, which I don't think anybody should have. And, you know, the, the, even the hold time. I mean, between the two calls, I was on hold for, God, almost 30 minutes. I mean, the recorded part of this is almost an hour. And then if I would have kept in the hold time, and then you figure that I called them yesterday, I called them this morning, I called this afternoon, and then what just transpired over the last hour and 15 minutes. Stay away from this company, please. And if you decide, ah, give them a shot anyway, whether it's popcorn or flowers or strawberries or chocolates or gift bags, just keep in mind that you're playing Russian roulette. And when you have a problem, this is what you go through. Be lucky that I only recorded what transpired over the last hour and a half. If I would have recorded everything from yesterday to today, it would have been four hours of nonsense. So anyway, everyone, enjoy the rest of the Valentine's Day, and I will catch you all soon. Take it easy. Ciao.